VoiceOver Coffee Shop, episode number 56. Welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop, where we share our morning with some of the finest names in VoiceOver. And now, here's your host, voice actor Andrew Morrison. Hi there, my name is Andrew Morrison, and welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop, where we start our day with some of the finest names in VoiceOver. If you'd like to get to know a little bit more about me, please feel free to visit my website at www.andrewdmorrison.com. In this episode, we have a good friend of mine who has been carving his way quickly into the magical world of anime dubbing, Christian Eros. So, let's talk a little bit about Wallawork, ADR voiceover services, networking with studios, and how improv may lead to funny snakes. Hey, Christian. How are you doing, bud? I am doing great, man. How are you? I'm awesome. So, how do you take your coffee in the morning? I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I find coffee to be very unpleasant. Hmm. <laughs> so, I take my caffeine. I actually take caffeine pills. Because I need caffeine, but I hate coffee, and I don't drink soda. So you don't you don't try to do like a green tea sort of thing, or do you hate? Tea I don't as like well? teas either, man. Okay. It's they. I am. A, I drink literally only water. Um, everything sure. else is just too much for me. I've got a very sensitive baby tongue. <laughs> so how do you generally start your your day as a working actor then? Oh goodness, that's such a great question. Um. I I wake up, which is always good, and then yeah. <laughs> I I check my notifications to see, you know, like what what's been going on on my phone. Mm -hmm. Have I gotten any auditions? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then I will use those to motivate me to get out of bed, and I take you know medicines like vitamins and whatnot. Take a shower, and I sing in the shower, and then I jump in the booth, you know. It's it's not fancy, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I do. Yeah, and when you and I had first met about two years ago, you were you were primarily doing audiobooks, and now it seems True. like you're doing some really cool and exciting stuff. Every time I turn around, how did how did you fall into the voiceover industry? How did how did you find out about this this cool cool um, freelance position, and and what made you want to dive further down the rabbit hole? Yeah. Um... Well, I mean, just for the record, I still do audiobooks. I am actually on chapter 19 Ooh, a big of one. my current, yeah, chapter 19 of my current audiobook. Uh, and there's 35 total, so I still got a bit of work to go. But no, so <laughs> I, I discovered voice acting was a thing when I was a kid mm -hmm. watching Batman the Animated Series. Okay. And I watched the credits for whatever reason. You know, like a little kid who watches credits, but I did, and I saw that uh, Mark Hamill voiced the Joker, and I was like, Mark Hamill, why is that name so familiar? And then at some point, I watched Star Wars and watched the credits for that, and I was like, <gasps> Luke Skywalker's the Joker, and that's when acting clicked for me, like acting was a thing, you know, because mm -hmm. as a little kid, everything's just real to you, like. Right. Like, you know what's pretend, like, you know that Star Wars didn't happen, but it's still, it doesn't really click for you that they're real people who have real lives outside of those characters, you know? And once that clicked for me, I started watching the credits for all of my cartoons. 
to see like who who did what and who said this and who who said this <laughs> who voiced this and that and then ever like ever since then acting really intrigued me mm-hmm. um and then i acted in high school and college you know standard stuff and then i lived in indiana that's where i grew up mm-hmm. and indiana is not really like known for acting it's just not and i didn't think that i had the like gumption to move to LA. Like I didn't think I was, you know, like the the like oh goodness. I didn't think that I was amazing enough an actor to move to LA and just make it. So I stopped mm-hmm. acting. And I did, you know, adult stuff, you know, like right. tried to live like a real human being and I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. It was not fun. I didn't enjoy myself. So then um a few years later my my oldest sister and her family they moved to dallas okay and i adore my sister and her family and i was like i would really love to be closer to them so i moved to dallas and i was here for a few years and then i I was watching dragon ball z i think it was cooler's revenge okay it was one of the movies and i'm watching the credits like i always do and at the very end, it said, recorded in Flower Mound, Texas. I live in Flower Mound, Texas. Yeah. And I looked it up, and I could walk to the studio. And I lost my little mind. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can act. I can act again. I can act again. Yeah. And back then, this is like 2012, 2011, something like that, mm-hmm. they were still holding open auditions which they don't, they don't really do anymore. Mm-hmm. And I showed up. No training, no practicing. It'd been years since I did any acting and I didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. Which, not surprising. You know, I didn't put in the work. I was just hoping for a miracle, you know, like so many people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually sat down with Mike McFarlane. Like, he was the one who directed that session for the auditions. And I thought it was amazing, you know, like, Oh, it's Master Roshi and, you know, all the other stuff that he's done. Hmm. And I was kind of, you know, I was a little crushed. I didn't get it. And it took me additional years before, because like every, like I would be crushed and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about it for a while. And I went and I did the open audition again when I was like, I need to do this. I need to do this. And I didn't get it again. Of course, because I still wasn't trying. Mm-hmm. And then a few years passed and I... I learned I was playing D&D at a comic book shop because that's what I do for fun. Yeah. And a guy, his name was Chuck. He said, man, you'd be real. Like your voice would be really good for audiobooks." Cause I was DMing, which is a lot of narration and DMing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah. Okay. How do I do that? And he's like, well, have you heard of ACX? I said, no. And then from there, ACX literally like, opened my eyes that internet freelancing was a thing like home studios were a thing and then from there i just i dove headfirst uh did all the research watched all the videos read all the blogs um years of independent research or a year of independent research saving up money to take classes and then it was years of classes doing audio books, uh, doing video narrations for YouTube, 
um, uh, like the the odd like casting call club game or animation. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, that that's that's kind of been my trajectory. Like I'm still also you know very much at the beginning of my career right. as a voiceover actor. But man, are you sprouting? Thank you. That's Absolutely. very kind. So how did how did that transition go? Because now you've been doing a, a lot, a couple of named roles, and you've been doing a lot of bit work. So, so how how did how did you finally move past those hurdles and and break into the world of anime? I because I okay. So it's really funny when you are on the outside of right. of, of of a studio. Mm-hmm. or when you're at the beginning and you're only doing like like what I was only doing I was like how in the world do you get in and like I don't understand like I know what I want for my next step but how do I do it right and so mm-hmm. you ask people and they give you these answers that aren't really all that helpful right like and they're not trying to be vague mm-hmm. right and I didn't understand so and I'll tell you how I did it in a second but like but now that I've made it into Crunchyroll Funimation People ask me all the time, how did you get in? How did you get in? And I'm like, I so wish I could tell you that there was a a, a program I joined or a list I signed. Mm -hmm. And like, I could tell you how to do it. But my answer is not going to help anybody. I knew a guy who knew a guy. Yeah. It's it's literally it. I took a class. Um, Okay, so a friend of... uh, hmm. Let me take you back to my very first voice acting class. Okay. And I met this guy named Tom, and we were both literally it was our first voice acting class, and we we became friends through the class. And then he introduced me to another guy named Alex that he took a class with. And Alex was cool. Mm-hmm. Alex and I never really like we hung out once, but we kept in contact through Facebook. And like a year or so later, there was a class, but like the pandemic had started, and it was my first in person class since the pandemic, and I was very nervous. I also have, I have anxiety stuff. And so I, I wanted somebody that I knew to be there with me just to help me feel more relaxed. And Alex agreed. It was very nice. And then, you know, we, again, we didn't really see each other. We just kept contact through Facebook every so often. And he said, he messaged me out of the blue. I was actually in the parking lot of a theater I was taking improv classes at. And he said, hey, uh, I know this guy, he's putting together a Walla group and we need one more guy. Are you interested? And I could not reply fast enough. Yeah. You know? And that's it. It, it is it, it is even like, that's not something that you can replicate. Oh, right. you know, just take a bunch of classes, meet people, and hopefully one of them will give you an opportunity. Because right. there's also too, like, I've gotten opportunities where I can't say the game, but like I've worked with uh, Blizzard mm-hmm. and it's also like, oh, well, how did you do that? Like, it's like, well, I took a class with the casting director and she liked me. Yeah. And I didn't even reach out to her afterwards. Like I followed her on Twitter, mm-hmm. but that's it. So and Andrea Toyas? Yeah. And then randomly I got an email, not from her. I got an email from somebody with a code name project mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, another scam email, whatever. But I always check, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, cool. Like, what's the actual email address? And it said at Blizzard. And I was like, huh. 
huh. And so I looked up the code name. Mm-hmm. And of course, everything's leaked on the internet, and it told me right. what it was. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I got a bit part in a Blizzard game. It hasn't come out yet. It comes out in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'll be looking out for that announcement. Oh, I, I cannot wait. Man. Like I, and so like I thought, like, oh cool, like this is awesome. This is amazing. I'll go in. And I'll, I'll do one little because I, I when I got the script, it was really funny. So they didn't record me here. They recorded me at a studio in Dallas, like downtown. Well, not downtown, whatever. Big studio. Very nervous. Um, Luckily, I'd already started doing anime by this point. So, like, I'd had a bit of experience in the professional realm, but, like, only, like, three sessions by this point. Mm -hmm. So I get there, and the engineer that I meet there, he was nice, but, like, he they print off the scripts. And my script was seven lines okay um like six lines on one piece of paper and the next piece of paper had one i think is how it was maybe it was five and two i don't remember but he grabbed it and he came out to me and he said am i missing something is this it i was like yeah 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 that's it that's what they sent me (laughs) um i'm 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 a real actor though so but he, he didn't mean to be like demoralizing he was right. just being genuine like yeah. he's like i don't know this is am, weird. am i missing something right yeah like i've never done a session this small before <laughs> and then i was like okay cool i went and i did it the guy was really nice i went and i did it and i was like oh man that was awesome i'm in a blizzard game now but they i've not done four sessions with them because my bit character had a bit of an arc no name but like still he's got an arc and mm-hmm. Again, I can't be like, okay, cool. If you take Andrea's class, you're definitely getting in a game. Right. Because that's not true. You know? Like, all of my opportunities have come through people I've met through classes, actually. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm in other games, and all of that's through classes. So, Yeah. Gotcha. And has any of your improv work helped you to kind of set yourself up for when you you do reach the booth? Like, have you learned anything in your improv classes that have assisted when you're when you're making creative decisions? So it's so and I took improv because, first of all, I I enjoyed improv in high school and college. Mm -hmm. I find I love to make people laugh. It's one of my favorite things. And so I took improv for two reasons. One, I liked it. It it sounded fun. And then two, every single blog, video, everything I ever watch, people say, you need to take improv for voice acting. It's important. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to round myself out as a better actor. One thing I was not expecting, so like I said, I have an anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I was not expecting was I gained confidence in myself as a performer through improv. Fantastic. And part of it were, was the classes, but part of it too is once I graduated the, I, I go to, I went to Stomping Ground Comedy Theater. They're a nonprofit. Blah, 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 blah. And once I graduated their program, I was invited to join a improv troupe called Take One, hmm. which I was ecstatic about i've seen their shows like while i was there as a student and they were amazing and the 
captain of the troupe and his wife, they're both voice actors. Okay. Um, it's actually, I told them this, I thought it was funny. The reason I actually chose Stomping Ground to be the place I went to go learn was because of them. Like, okay. they were Crunchyroll actors. And I didn't know this, I think, when I first joined or before they asked me to join. I don't know when I learned it, but I ended up learning that Take One also tours, performing as improv actors. And they do conventions and, like, anime and comic book conventions. And they do festivals. They do a lot of shows. Traveling, like, all around the Southwest. And doing those shows in front of, like, hundreds of people really boosted my confidence as a performer. Like, I, I got up, like... Because like when you get into a, a studio booth, you know, like a lot of actors, voice actors, or when, I, when they're first starting, they'll say, oh, I want to do voice acting because, I don't know, getting up in front of people makes me nervous, makes me shy, makes me whatever. And I, I get that logic, but when you are in a professional setting, people are going to be watching you. Right. People are going to be listening to you. And they're going to be hearing you better than anyone's ever going to hear you, like, in a normal, like, on stage. Because your voice is going into a very nice microphone, and they're wearing headphones, or they got, like, the big, nice speakers, or whatever. Right, yeah, no, recording through a microphone, it has to be one of the most, when you're doing it properly, can be one of the most intimate and vulnerable yeah. moments that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and it's so hard to explain to them, but they're like, oh, no, it's different, it's different. Um, but so getting up and like, I, I'd done theater, you know, but like I did like high school and college theater and community theater. And that's, I'm not getting hundreds of people coming to those, mm -hmm. you know, but going to these cons and also too, it's, it's funny because take one used to do like huge conventions and they actually gained a bit of fame in those circuits. Well, when the pandemic hit, all of that was kind of lost because a lot of conventions went under. When they came back, they didn't invite Take One back. So Take One is in this interesting phase of their history where they're having to build themselves back up to where they were. And so now we've got contracts with a bunch of new conventions that didn't exist before the pandemic. And so it's I love it because... On Friday, when the con starts, nobody knows who we are. Nobody cares. Nobody understands who we are. Mm -hmm. Because kids, a lot of kids today don't know what, whose line is it anyway is. So right. it's like, it's hard to explain to them what improv comedy is. Mm -hmm. And no one's coming to our booth. Um, they look at us, they're like, what is this? I don't get it. And, like, and then once we explain, they're like, oh, okay, cool. And they leave. And we're passing out flyers and we're in people's faces like, hey, you love comedy? I'll make you laugh. Here's a flyer. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, weirdo. Like, calm down. <laughs> right. All right, boomer. And I'm like, I'm not that old. And they're like, well, I don't understand. Anyways. Um, and then sometimes, <laughs> you know, the people will come to our shows and they love it because we are good. You know, we practice a lot. We train a lot. Like, we put in so much work to make our shows good. And by Sunday, people love us. Like, it's not the entire convention. You know, it's thousands of people. But we get people coming to our booth 
they're so excited to see us. You know, when we're walking around, they're like, they come up and like, oh, your show was so good. Your show was so good. Like, are you doing a show today on Sunday? I'm like, yeah, we are. Come on down or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it is such a boost doing that. You know, we have like 14, 15 conventions a year. I don't go to all of them. We've got a pretty big team that we rotate in and out. But even the ones that I've done has been, I don't know. It, I feel like I'm saying a little narcissistic of like, well, people love me, so no, I feel no, no, better no. about it. But like it. When, when people love what you do, it makes you want to do it more. There's a, there's a sense of validation in there that, okay, I'm, I'm doing this to entertain and they are now entertained. Like that, that you're, yeah. you're, you're making the right, the right move that what you're doing is good. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's also this like thing too, like, cause when I first started doing anime, mm -hmm. I wasn't confident. Also, I mean, I started literally anime started and then like a month later I joined take one. So I can't say that just take one boosted my confidence because doing anime, I was very unconfident in the beginning. I'm much more confident now, mm -hmm. but also it's because I've gone in a few times now and every time I go in, I succeed. Yeah, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes or the director gives me feedback to change something that I decided to do. But I've never lost a job. I've never been like asked to leave. They keep asking me back. And every time I succeed at a take one show or in a studio session, that's its own validation of like, you can do this. Yeah, you you did it. That's proof. Like you can write that. Like, there's a statistical chart that can be made of times Christian has tried and times Christian has succeeded. There's another chart that says times Christian tried and times Christians failed. Sure, I don't look at that one. I put that one in the trash. Right. Um. But yeah, it. So, anyways, short answer to your question of did it help you? Yeah. Do I use a lot of improv? in the studio eh. um you know a lot of the times you they don't want to change what's written you know it's been written by like a bunch of people it's been written by you know a few people or hey it's been translated from japanese right you know and like in anime they i've actually had it where i because you know you're looking at this screen and this screen mm -hmm. you know watching the flaps and reading the script right and sometimes i will go just to look at the flaps and i think i have the script like i have it but i'll switch some words around because dyslexia or not dyslexia but it's more like the order of their words don't match how i would speak as a person right and so yeah. i will flip the words around so it makes sense to me i'm not changing the meaning of the sentence and the sentence is still grammatically correct mm -hmm. and so sometimes they'll be like that take was good and they'll just change it in the script but that's not improv that's just me not memorizing right there um but i will say where improv has come in the most handy is in walla i can imagine yeah and that's all Walla is, is improv. Yeah, it really is. And I'm, I, I'm sure people who listen to this know what Walla is, but just in case they don't, Walla is um, the background chatter in a scene. Right. 
so when like, two characters are sitting at a cafe the uh, the waiter and the people at the other tables they're not quite audible but they're still you can still hear them talking you don't hear their specific sentences exactly as closely yeah exactly you know if you think about it in on camera terms we are extras or background actors that mm -hmm. fill out the scene yeah um actually it's really funny the name walla comes from way back in the day when they first started doing it the background actors would literally be saying walla 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 mm -hmm. because it would imitate that sound that you get when you're like at a mall or something a mall right. <laughs> okay boomer right um, <laughs> at a public event where you just hear that that sound wall yeah um so in those you know you are now you have to well, it's funny because, yeah, they can't make out what we're saying, but you still have to be in world. Yes. If you're playing in a, uh, like, I got in trouble once because on a show, it was modern day Japan. Mm -hmm. And I, my character was like, I made up in my head. It wasn't like anybody on screen. I was just like, all right, cool. Here's my character. He was a disgruntled, like, burnt out manual worker. You know, so I was like, oh, another day, another dollar kind of thing. Mm. And we went through the entire wallet. It was, you know, like 30, 40 seconds, whatever it was. And then the director came on and he said, hey, um, we're in modern day Japan. You can't say dollar. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't even like, for me, that's just a saying. Like, right. it doesn't, like what it means is like, oh, here we go again. The word dollar. And I'm like, oh, I have to be so careful. I forget. I, like, I'm sorry, that was my mistake. You know, if you're in a fantasy world, you can't talk about jumping on a train or something. Yeah. And also, you know, you can't mention brand names. You can't mention celebrities. Um, so, yeah, like, there are limitations, but that I, I actually like that. It's yeah. nice to give me some sort of limitations to mm -hmm. focus me on what I want to talk about. Yeah, it gives you a structure. Yeah, and so from there, you know, a lot of the time you are talking to yourself or talking to an imaginary person mm -hmm. and you have to go. It's like, I've had wallas that have like segments that have gone on for multiple minutes mm -hmm. and it is really hard to talk nonstop, not nonstop. Some like, it depends on how much walla they need. Mm -hmm. Like if it's interspersed, that's a bit, I actually find that to be harder sometimes. Um, but if it's just like a solid wall, it's just like, okay, I have to talk nonstop for two minutes. And obviously, as anybody's listening to me right now, I don't have a problem with that. I talk a lot. Um, the other method is to find a partner, because if you do Walla, you're usually with other people in the booth. Mm -hmm. You find a person and you two have a conversation. And that can be fun. Um, I like that a lot. I do it a lot with Matthew David Rudd. <laughs> like, he's probably the person I've had the most practice with going back and forth with. Um, the only issue with that is that when one person's talking, the other person's quiet. And so you actually get less walla. So some directors right. prefer you just, if they need a lot, like a, just a ton of sound that you, you just, you know, talk with yourself. So that's probably where the improv has come in the most handy. So um, you guys were invited, you were invited to become a part of this walla group. Was this a walla yeah. group through a studio or was this a lot of individuals that came together to contract for a studio or to say hey we have all of this walla work here you go buy it off of us like like how did how does how does that walla group work um 
it was individuals that came together. Okay. Um. So, the captain of that Walla group had done some work for Funimation previously. Okay. <clears throat> and they, there are always rumors going around, and they heard rumors, or whatever they heard from some other person that Crunchy Funimation at the time they needed Walla. Mm-hmm. because in the pandemic they they weren't bringing people in um, so this is like the end of 2021 they were still like remote mm-hmm. and they were in need of walla because you know they needed people who were living together in the same space well we weren't living together but we kind of took the agreement that like we will take the risk and it's not on crunchyroll if we get sick it's on us mm-hmm. that we will come together into a single booth and record. Um, and that was it, really. Like, because he already was on their roster, mm-hmm. he was able to bring people together to do it. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then from there, we, we now that we have established as Walla through, like, a few different studios, they do also submit to other studios. So, gotcha. like... Through them, I've also done Walla with Sound Cadence, which is more anime. Mm-hmm. And uh, we even have uh, a show that's going to be on Disney Plus very oh, soon. cool. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's all Walla, um, but still, it's, it's still really been cool. very, very, very neat. So what else have you, what other things, like marketing-wise, have you been doing to kind of build your career and overcome those hurdles you were talking about? I... I don't know if I'm very good at marketing, to be honest. I <laughs> right now I'm just this past in 2022 was my most successful quotes, but also my most challenging year as a voice actor. Yeah. And I was so overwhelmed with these new opportunities, you know, I was so focused on, okay, cool. I need to get better at improvising. I need to get better at dubbing. And that's where all of my attention went. And I was like, I don't know if I can handle everything else on top of this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, honestly, right now, I'm just, my marketing is just to show the world that I'm a working professional actor. You know, if you go far enough back in my posts, especially on Instagram, mm-hmm. you will see, like, baby voice actor Christian just trying to do anything and everything, making little silly videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they change to, oh, hey, I'm in this anime. Hey, I'm in that anime. Um, and I, yeah, like, I know that some people think it's like bragging or whatever. And I, don't, I, I also know from the outside, like the other side of a glass, looking in, it's just like, oh, this guy, ugh, he's just constantly <laughs> posing about being an anime. And like I get it, man. And if you if that if you can't stand it, I totally get it. But for me, I don't know how else to tell people. Like I'm a working actor. You can trust me with your projects. If you need somebody who has a voice like mine, well, like I'm doing the thing. You know, yeah. like I have a, I have a track record. Mm-hmm. So like that's all I'm trying to do is just to tell the world that. I'm here. You're like, here I am. Look at me. Um, not necessarily like trying to pat myself on the back because 
like I love what I do, mm-hmm. but like I don't necessarily care if people know what I'm doing. Like if right. they if they don't if they don't you know like I don't know how to explain that. Like I I just I don't need the accolades. I don't need people to tell me a good job. Mm-hmm. I I do this because I enjoy it because. I get something out of the process. Um, and like, honestly, the best, the best feedback I get isn't necessarily like, oh my gosh, you were in Chainsaw Man. That's amazing. I'm like, yeah, I was cool. Um, but like what I love is when people say, dude, that character you did made me laugh, made me like angry. Not because I did a bad job, Right, because the like, because that character made right. them angry. Like because right. they had a, a an emotional connection. That's my favorite feedback. Right. Like my I was asked. I did a Q and A the other night with. Uh, doesn't matter, but I and they, they <laughs> asked me what was your favorite. Like, what's your favorite character been? And I told him a character that, like, for me, he was funny. He made me laugh. But during the the Q and A. I, I realized, like, no, he wasn't my favorite character. Like, he was fun to play in the moment, but my favorite character is a character that has no name. It's not even a human being. He's, it, it, it says no words. It's a snake that, that goes hiss. That's it. But I've gotten more reactions from people because of that snake than anything else I've ever done. And because of that, it's my favorite. Like, I, 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 I love that little snake. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because, like, again, it was an animal. It's a little, it's, it was in a comedy. The show's called The Greatest Jaw He Will Never Be Defeated. <laughs> okay. And we did Walla, and then the director was like, all right, cool, Christian, get in, the, get in the thing for bits. And that was the only bit I had was this snake. <laughs> and, he, and he said... He's like, I don't know, man. Uh, like, give me a hiss or something. And I was like, okay. Because this is like a comedy show, and he brought in four improvisers who are, you know, we think we're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I'll give him a hiss. And I, I just wanted to be a smart aleck and make him laugh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, beep, beep, beep. And I went, hiss. And it was dead silence. Because I'm in a soundproof booth, I can't hear anybody, right. and it was dark on their side of the, the the screen, so I couldn't see them. And he turns the talkback mic on, and it's him, the engineer, and then my three Walla mates, and they're all laughing. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, thank, thank heaven!" Like I thought I was in trouble. Like I thought they were calling security. Um, and he was like, "Perfect, like ship it. That's that's the line." <laughs> uh, and that was it. That was my bit for the day. And like a week or so later, the episode comes out and we're on our way back from a con uh-huh. and my friend Danielle, we're carpooling with like her and her husband and another guy in take one and me and Danny are in the back seat and she's on her phone and then she shows me her phone and I read that an, uh, one of the main character actors from that show and Jahi messaged her and said, Hey, do you know who that snake is? <laughs> because that's hilarious. And she said, yeah. And then like, 
then she texted me and it was it was great and then she said yeah there are people on the on the on crunchyroll app like in the comments talking about that snake and i jumped in the comments i was like oh thank you guys and i'm sure they're like who's this guy like what <laughs> you're not that snake right and that meant something to me and then i posted on twitter and people were like oh my god the snake ah <laughs> And then, like, I then, like, months later, I'm talking with my therapist, not to brag, and she was like, yeah, so I have a friend who's a professional cosplayer, and, like, she can't tell me who it is, you know, confidentiality. Right. But she said, yeah, we were passing out flyers for a cosplay show, and it was the cosplayer, her husband, and then my therapist. And something happened that made the cosplayer upset. And that that happens. Lots of people are rude at conventions. Right. And the husband went to the cosplayer and just went, hiss. And she smiled. And my therapist was like, what? What was that? And they're like, oh, it's a show. It's called the, it's an anime called The Greatest Jahi. It's just, it makes us smile. So it's like, like it's an inside kind of, it's an inside joke kind of thing. And my therapist said to me, she said, I've never wanted to break confidentiality so bad to tell them who you were. She's like, but I couldn't, you know? And I was like, oh, I want, I want to know who it was, you know? <laughs> but like, it warmed my heart, man. Like, that's my favorite experience of acting ever. Fantastic. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, man. So if you were going to write yourself a letter back before you move, even just right before the pandemic, mm -hmm. from where you're sitting right now and send it back to yourself, what would you tell your past self? Before the pandemic. <laughs> uh, as an individual, I would say, hey, man, like, stick to your, stick to your diet. Don't start eating carbs because... <laughs> I gained quite a few, quite a few pounds during the pandemic, but yeah. <laughs> that aside, oh man, patience. I think patience is huge. Um, ev everybody wants to rush everything. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've taught a few, like vo 101 like how to start voice acting classes mm -hmm. and in the in the flyers i make for it it's like this is a 101 basic i will talk about microphones i will talk about genres of vo it is for people who don't know where to start right and then i get people in that class who are like okay well how do i wh where do i go for auditions and i'm like that's not the point of this class man the point of this class is literally to educate yourself, to get yourself a better starting point to not, then move on to more specific training, Right. you know? And I'm guilty of that myself, you know? Like, I, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. I need to be succeeding right away. I need to be, you know... Like, I want, I want to be the lead in an anime. I do. I desperately do. But two, if I had gotten into Funimation a year before I actually had, mm -hmm. I would not have been ready. If I had gotten a lead in an anime when I first started 
in October of, of 2021, I wouldn't have been ready. It wouldn't have been good. I am more ready now than I was back then. It's because I, you know, I've been doing the work. Right. I've been getting the reps. Reps are huge. Like that's something that improv taught me. Reps are huge. Mm-hmm. Reps are massive. Reps are just repetitions, like doing it over right. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when you're and and so even an improv for take one rehearsals, and people are like, oh, how do you rehearse improv? It's all made up. There are skills that we use on stage. Like it is made up, but like if you don't have the theory, if you don't have the the experience, you can't, you just, you're not going to do a good improv. Like we did a show on Saturday night and uh, a couple of new friends I've made brought their husbands. And so I, you know, I had a whole row, man, that was like people who came to see me. I was very, my heart was very touched. And the husband was like, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought this was going to suck. I thought it was going to be so cringy because everything I've ever seen in improv is cringy, but you guys were great. And we're great or good or whatever because we practice and we, and then like also too, we don't just keep practicing new things because when you're learning a new skill, other skills will kind of get pushed out of your brain. And so sometimes like, yeah, we're pushing new skills, but like, so we did the show on Saturday, Sunday morning, we had a rehearsal dedicated to things that we struggled with in the night before. And it's things we've practiced before. Yeah. Um, so I get so sidetracked. So yeah, man, like patience and just, and doing the reps and building your confidence. But man, that's so, that is so much easier to see in hindsight, you know, cause you always think you're ready. You're like, oh, I've already done a bunch of work, man. I've already been right. training and practicing. Like what? But it is so vital. I had a session. And this is one thing I'm, I'm going to start, if I do, if I teach again, this is going to be in my opening monologue, monologue, my opening, whatever, cutscene of the class. So this is why training is so important. This is why having experience and getting your reps before you get into a professional setting is important. I did a session where I did not know who I was voicing. I wasn't even a hundred percent sure on what the, the title of the, of the project was. All I knew was I'd worked with the director before and he trusted me. That's it. I showed up, it was a three hour session and I ended up having 179 lines and the director said, I know this is a three hour session, but I'm sure you can get it done in two hours. And so that for me was like, I I need to get this out in two hours now because that's the trust he put in me. Right. But also he said, oh, and the clients this morning told me that the, this, this entire game is going to be in a British accent. And then he turned and we went to the studio. It wasn't a, can you do it? Mm -hmm. It wasn't a do your best. It was just a, this is the expectation. Right. And then he trusted me to do it. Uh, I also, I, I got uh, like seven or eight characters in that game. It was one main, like one big character and then a bunch of bits. I didn't know who they were going to be. And that's one thing too, like in anime too, and bits and Walla, I have no idea what I'm going to voice. Right. I get into the studio. I don't see the scripts beforehand for, 
for any of the anime dubbing stuff I do. And I have three seconds to figure out what the voice is going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, it helps in dubbing because I can hear the original. Right. And then I can emulate that to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But I, you have to make decisions real fast, man. Um, and for the, and like that, if, if I went in there without the experience that I've gained over the last how, however many years I've been doing this, I, w- I would have been so nervous. I, and, I, and when you're nervous, you don't make great choices. Right. You know, like you need a certain amount of confidence in yourself, in your abilities. And that can only be gained by doing it and succeeding at it. Wow. Even my tone right now is so much more confident about like, I know what I'm talking about (laughs) because I've done it before. I was just guessing, but I know what I'm talking about now. So I talk with it with confidence. Bam. Fantastic. Eat it, America. (laughs) (laughs) So where can people find you and your demos and the snake and all of the amazing things that you've been? Thank you. Um, so the snake, I actually made a new visual reel uh, a, like a week or so ago. So he's in that. <laughs> and that's all that's on my website, christianaris.com. Christian, um, it's in the description, I'm sure, my name. Link, it's not yes. spelled how it sounds. And the link to your website will also be in the description. Fantastic. Thank you. So that's www.christianaris.com for all your voiceover needs. And then all of my social media is the, T-H-E, Christianaris. Beautiful. I used to say the Christianaris and be like, oh, the letter V, like for victory. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> like the one and only because right. at Christianaris is taken on Instagram and it infuriates me. Well, <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man. This has been a blast. Thank you. I talk a lot. Thanks for letting me do that. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to Christian's journey as he went from finding out about the world of voiceover to working with some of the biggest ADR and video game studios in the country. If you'd like to hear his work, you can find it at ChristianArrows.com. Thanks for stopping by, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to The VoiceOver Coffee Shop. For more information on guests, new episodes, and more, be sure to visit www.vocoffeeshop.com.